When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You're listening to Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Now launching. Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? On first down, here's Cook. A lot of room. And Dalvin Cook. A big run on first down, forced out by Jackson, but a carry of 32 yards. What did you do to get the offense back to rolling a little bit better? Uh, same thing I've been saying all year. Ball enough today? No. Just outside their own 25. Quick throw, that's Diggs. And Diggs is able to drive the midfield. Well, it, it really was what they were giving, giving us, you know. It's, those are tough situations there, but, uh, you know, I've got some thoughts on things, but I'm not going to share them. Pass is underneath Patterson, the former Viking, left alone. And they're using Cordero Patterson all over the field, and he's good for 24 yards. I just feel like, uh, you know, we didn't start out very good. You know, we came out and scored on us defensively, uh, and, you know, we went three out. Um, on offense, I believe. So, you know, it's, the start of the game was more disappointing. Then we settled down and started playing okay. Um, but they did a nice job tonight. Three plays, 24 yards, 15 yards, 12 yards. Brady throws, another big one. Gordon for the touchdown. I feel fine about my team. Yeah, I think we're, you know, we've, I think we continue to learn a lot about ourselves. I think we got, um, you know, I think we got a good football team. We just got to, you know, play better than we did tonight. Um, you know, this one game won't define us, and uh, we got four games left. Um, you know, and the season's still in front of us, whatever we want to do. Here's Javelin gets another. His second of the game. And the Patriots open it up here in the fourth quarter, up by two scores. Well, I think it's something we got to talk about. Anytime you uh, can do as well as we've done in that two-minute mode, it's got to say something about maybe what we do well or, or uh, you know, trying to emphasize something we we could be good at. But, uh, you know, I think that's also the coaches, you know, got to look and decide what they want to do. But I think we have been, uh, seem to have been productive. And I would even argue, you know, two minute at the end of the half against the Packers and, and some other games this year, we've done a good job in two minute going down at the end of the half to try to get a field goal or get a touchdown. Looking right all the way. Here's Thielen. His first catch is a touchdown. Here's one down the field for Robinson. Batted and picked off by 
by Deron Harmon. We just get in. You know, I'd love a home playoff game, but but uh, if we can get in, anything can happen. And so um, that's really what my focus is, is just put ourselves in a position at the end of the 16 games to, to be in. And then, uh, and then it's a, a fresh start, you know, when you hit the reset button and then you go from there. So we just got to obviously get to, this, to week 17, the 16th game, and, and uh, have won enough to be in. Well, Kirk Cousins, to get into the playoff picture again for your Minnesota Vikings, you're going to have some work to do because after yesterday's defeat in New England against the Patriots, you are now 6-5-1. and one. Seattle, a team that you play, as you talked about, next Monday night in Seattle, an incredibly tough environment to play in, is the first wild card in at 7-5. and five. They won on Sunday. The Washington Redskins, who play tonight against the Philadelphia Eagles, are 6-5. and five. Their winning percentage is 545. The Vikings are 6-5-1, and one, so their win percentage is 5-4-2. Manny Hill, I want to go back to this comment, though, from Zim on Sunday about the fact that he was not entirely pleased. Once again, this is the second time in three weeks with mm-hmm. the way his offense operated. This is what Zimmer said post-game on Sunday about the run-pass ratio of his team. What you do to get the offense back to rolling a little bit better? Uh, same thing I've been saying all year. No. The second question there, if you couldn't make it out, was do you think you ran the ball enough today? And he simply said, and he's right, no, because the Vikings only ran the ball 13 times. Here is Zim this afternoon, not too long ago, at TCO Performance Center, talking about the work done by John DiFilippo, his offensive coordinator, who has certainly been under fire in recent weeks. I think he's doing a good job. We talk all the time. We talk about... uh, um, you know, things, things what I think are important, and, uh, you know, I think he tries to do those. All right. <laughs> I have two things in this segment to get off my chest, and I want to start with this one. All right? Fire away. John D. Filippo. And I know most people now are like, Judd's going to call for his job. He's going to call for his job because he's not doing a good job. Do you know who is default for this whole thing? It's not John D. Filippo. Yes, he has not done a great job. Yes, I am baffled by some things. But if Mike Zimmer is frustrated with the play calling of his offensive coordinator, and it was baffling on Sunday, Mike Zimmer does realize one simple thing. Right, Manny? He's the head coach. Mm -hmm. This is his team. Yes. That means if he wants his team, if he wants his offensive coordinator to go into Foxborough and run the ball more than 13 times, it's up to only one person to make sure that happens, and it's not John DiFilippo. It's Mike Zimmer. Dalvin Cook yesterday. And this is inexplicable. But this goes back to the head coach, too. Mm -hmm. Had nine carries, nine carries for an entire football game. The team had 13, in which he averaged 9.3 yards per attempt. Yep. Kirk Cousins threw 44 passes against the Patriots team, which is ridiculous. We knew. How often did we talk about last week? Mike Zimmer, everybody at TCO Performance Center of Performance, as Matthew Collar likes to call it. Us in this studio, everybody wrote this, that the New England Patriots want to make you left-handed. They want to take away what you do well. We knew going into that game, and we talked about this starting on Tuesday, that the Patriots were not going to allow you to beat them with the pass. Thielen and Diggs yesterday combined for 10 catches for a grand total of combined 77 yards. All right, but you knew this was going to happen before kickoff, and yet the game plan was to pass. You threw the ball. And and I just want people 
to stop for a second. If you're driving down the road, pull over and just think about this for a second because I need your I need your full attention on the stupidity of this. It's fourth down and eleven. You are in a crucial drive. It's fourth down and eleven, mm-hmm. and you need to go for it. Yep. And you throw the patented Brad Childress Daryl Bevel four yard pass to Laquan Treadwell. Now, um, uh, um. now even Brad, even Manny, if you're the biggest Laquan Treadwell fan on the face of the earth, you're completely oblivious to his shortcomings. You're going to know that the one thing that he's incapable of doing because he doesn't have any speed is making a play. So wherever you elect to throw this guy the football is where he's going to land. So if it's a fourth and 11 and you throw it one yard beyond the sticks and he catches it, it's going to be a 12-yard pass provided he doesn't drop. It's going to be a 12-yard completion. If you throw a three- or four-yard pass, that's where that play is going to end. Mm -hmm. The run-pass ratio... Despite the final score, is even more ridiculous when you consider that this game was tied at 10 late in the third quarter. So there was never a need until the very end to go away from the run, especially when Dalvin Cook is averaging 9.3 yards per game. Because that's what everybody likes to talk about, right? Is yes, when, when they throw it got one-sided. Well, well they, they, they had the big deficit. They, they fell behind. Exactly. Not so much the case yesterday. And yet, and and Zim yesterday, when when and Zim post-game, the red-ass Zim is Zim. Like, this is him. Says this. What did you do to get the offense back to rolling a little bit better? Uh, same thing I've been saying all year. No. This is on you. Now, you went into Filippo's office and you had meetings with Kirk Cousins the week before the Packer game because in your mind, and you were right about this, your team wasn't running the football enough and you can run the football. And so you fixed it for the Packer game. And then I guess Mike thought the whole thing was fixed and that he could go back to concentrating on defense. I appreciate the fact that Mike Zimmer is a very good defensive coach. And I appreciate that that side of the ball is his pride and joy and his first love. And I don't expect that to change. But Mike, you are the head coach of this entire team. And this is your second goal around, second in three coordinators who you don't agree philosophically with what they're doing. It's your job to find somebody who you can work with and who does what you want. You are the head coach of this team. Your title is not head coach defense. Your title is Minnesota Vikings head coach. You oversee everything. And so to get so to be upset at DeFilippo or to be surprised at John DeFilippo or to be or to be taken aback by a run pass ratio only ends up back on one person's desk. That is your desk. And furthermore, here's the real frustration. Pat Shermer walked away and took the New York Giants job because he had an unbelievable season as your offensive coordinator in the days after you lost the NFC title game to the Philadelphia Eagles last year. You had all the time in the world to sit down and talk to people. You had all the time in the world to find what you deemed. If Listen, even if your ego doesn't allow you to name the next person head coach offense, Minnesota Vikings, Privately, you could say, I need you to do what I what I need you to do, but you have to execute those things because if you don't, I'm going to be upset. Or I'm going to at least work with you. Or and in somehow they sat down with John D. Filippo, who I'm sure didn't hide things about his philosophies, right? His philosophical standpoint on things. I would hope not. Yeah. And somehow they landed on a guy 
And now there are four games left in the season. If I am not mistaken, it is December 3rd. We have gone through an off-season program, a training camp. We have gone through all but four games of the regular season with a team that, by the way, was expected to hire a coordinator who, with the three-year $84 million quarterback, could take them to a Super Bowl. And this is what you're saying post-game after a game against the Patriots in which your game plan made no sense, and that comes back on Mike Zimmer? What do you do to get the offense back to rolling a little bit better? Uh, same thing I've been saying all year. No. All right, so here's Zim today on on spreading his attention around because he does call defensive plays during games, and that takes up a lot of time. But again, I go back to it still all lands on his desk. Hey Mike, you mentioned doing uh, possibly addressing doing a better job on game day, just kind of where your attention is. Uh, what do you think you need to start with in terms of doing that? Uh, maybe letting George do a little bit more of the adjustments on defense, maybe. But I don't know. I haven't decided that yet, so we'll just have to see. You know, when, when things are going smooth, it's no issue. Then I can go talk to the offense all I want. When things are, you know, helter-skelter on defense, then, you know, I'm spending a little bit more time with them or with the special team. So that's just part of it. I like Mike Zimmer, but let's let's spend the last part of this segment examining what the man just said. He's been the head coach of this team for five years now. He has been the overseer of the defense for five years now. He's yep. done a very good job turning that defense into a disaster that he got from Les Frazier into a very good, for the most part, defense now. Mm-hmm. But Mike Zimmer oversaw the meltdown of 2016. The season in which I have said he learned a lot. And I think he adapts. I think he did. I think he learned a lot. But in 2016, North Turner was either fired, quit, a combination of things. Everything went wrong. You learned all of the lessons that you had to learn about what he just talked about in 2016. There are four games left in this season. And now you're thinking about, well, things aren't going right. And so I might have George do more. Now you're thinking about that. These lessons should have been learned in 2016. Pat Shermer saved your bacon because he was very good at what Pat did. And he called plays clearly like you liked. But Mike, you have to be ready. You had to be ready. You should have been ready at every turn. This is the NFL for things to go wrong. And for you now, with into December of this year, saying, well, yeah, I mean, but when things are going well, it's great. You know better than anybody. You know better than anybody from your time in this league that often things don't go great. And for him to be considering how things are run now is complete malpractice. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, there's so much to do. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. 35W, we've got a crash uh, southbound between University Avenue and 4th Street. Uh, That's causing about a two-minute delay, so be on the lookout for that crash there. Otherwise, uh, everything moving, uh, for the most part, smoothly around the metro. 169, if you're headed northbound on 169, between uh, Bass Lake Road and 94. 
Uh, you may get backed up a little bit there. We got a little congestion there, but otherwise, uh, things moving smoothly around the metro. Judd, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd, Phyllis out today. Matthew Collar will join the show at uh, four o'clock. Courtney Cronin next segment. Uh, Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com uh, will talk to us about the chaos in the National Football League, including the Vikings at four thirty. Our 1500 ESPN Twitter poll of the day is posted by our guy Jonathan Harrison is up, and here it is, 256 votes so far. After the 24-10 loss to the Patriots yesterday, the question is, who deserves to be fired? It's very simple. And no, Mike Zimmer is not an option. Your options are John Filippo, Mike Prefer, both, neither. Right now, uh, Prefer, the special teams coordinator, is at 24%. Uh, Flip is at 21%. Both 32%. So that's the winner right now, and neither. Somehow people have uh, somehow come out to 23% there. I don't know how you say that both of them deserve to keep their jobs. Certainly one deserves to go. Uh, if you did not hear it, here is Mike Zimmer earlier today at his uh, Monday press conference talking about uh, trying to split his duties between overseeing offense and, of course, his first love defense. And this all comes back to the point that he was not happy again for at least the second time in three weeks and probably almost the entire season with the play calling and the run-pass distribution from John Filippo. Hey Mike, you've mentioned doing, uh, possibly addressing doing a better job on game day, just kind of where your attention is. Uh, what do you think you need to start with in terms of doing that? Uh, maybe letting George do a little bit more of the adjustments on defense, maybe. But I don't know, I haven't decided that yet, so we'll just have to see. You know, when, when things are going smooth, it's no issue. Then I can go talk to the offense all I want. When things are, you know, helter-skelter on defense, then, you know, I'm spending a little bit more time with them or with the special team. So that's just part of it. But then, Manny, my point is this. You better make damn sure that what you want done offensively is done then. like if you're Because I get it. If you're calling defensive plays, if you're all in on defense, it makes it very difficult. And this is why head coaches sometimes like to give the distribution to both the coordinators. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it really hard to pay attention to both. But the fact that Zimmer is, to me, coming back and acting surprised by, you know, 13 runs is is not enough. And he's right about that. But that's on him. Filippo, if they were on the same page, that would be fantastic. But clearly they're not. And clearly Mike spent a lot of time in the week going into the Packers win against a bad Packers team that, that of course, just fired his head coach on Sunday. And Mike McCarthy spent a lot of time focusing on what he wanted to see offensively. But I got news for him. He's got four games left. He mm-hmm. needs to do that every week. If he thinks that there is the least bit of chance that Filippo is going to get off the page that Zimmer wants to be on, it's on one person to make sure that does not happen. Mike Zimmer. Well, and how many times have we played the soundbite a couple of times in the last segment, in the opening bell, where he's where they asked him after the game last night, you know, what what needs to happen with the offense? What's going on with the offense? And his response was, well, it's the same thing I've been talking about all year. Well, Mike, we're 12 games into this thing now. And if it's the same thing you've been talking about all year, and last week against the Packers, you got back to the running game, you ran the ball 29 times. Now part of it was because you were up, and you ran the ball more and ran the clock out in the fourth quarter. Okay, but what the hell was that yesterday? You ran the ball 13 times total, averaged about seven yards a carry, so there was no need at any point to go away from the running game. It's not like you were getting a yard and a half per carry and the running game just wasn't working and you just decided to abandon it, which, by the way, we have seen several times this season already, that particular situation. Yep. But last night, the running game was working. 
So why the hell did you go away from it? And it was 10 to 10 late in the third quarter, so there's right. no... It's not like you were behind by three scores and needed to throw your way back into the game. You were right there in the game, yes. in the third quarter. Kelly tweets in that, that he's going through the play-by-play of Sunday's game, and he tweets us, where do you think the Vikings sh- uh, should have called a run pay- a play over a pass play? It wasn't that un- uneven, in my opinion. Yes, it was. It was incredibly uneven. 44 to 13. And I can go through, and depending on game situations... One, I can go through and find where you should have run the football. But more importantly, Kelly, keep in mind, no matter how big a Viking booster you might be, everybody and their brother, Mike Zimmer, John Filippo, the entire Vikings team, the media, the fans, my dog Stella, we all talked on Tuesday about the fact that the Patriots were going to take Thielen and Diggs away and that you were going to need to do, you were going to need to run the football. And the other thing that I keep saying and I'll go back to this again, is am I disappointed in quite a bit or at least a a portion of what I have seen of Kirk Cousins? The answer is yes. The answer is what people in Washington told us what happened has happened. But, and this is the big but, and this also falls back on the head coach. Kirk Cousins is treated as if he is a top five quarterback. Mm -hmm. They send him out there as if, and I know they're paying him a lot, but do you realize how much it cuts off your nose to say, we're paying him so much he should be able to do it. He can't do it. Do you want to win a Super Bowl? Do you want to try and win a playoff game? Do you want to try to make the damn playoffs? Or do you want to say, well, if Cousins can't do it, then no. Kirk Cousins is being paid too much. At the time that the Vikings signed him, I supported it. I think I still do. Yeah. But here's what I don't support. Sending him out and treating him like he is a top five quarterback in this league and asking him to do things that top five quarterbacks do because you know what? He can't. He can't do that. For what? 44 passes on Sunday? He can't do that. I think it was, let me, uh, I've got the box score right in front of me here. 4.6 yards a pass. Yes. He can't. Last, he's Last night. He's consistently being asked by John Filippo and Mike Zimmer and whomever else is in the game planning room. He's being asked to do something that he can't do. And it makes no sense. It makes zero sense. And... We can go back and forth all anybody, everybody wants about how much he's being paid. And I will agree he's paid too much. But if you have any hope of being successful, he needs to be utilized in the correct way. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing to Kirk Cousins in 2018 is not utilizing him in the correct way. Quarterbacks, unless you are Drew Brees, Rodgers prior to now, I guess, but uh, <laughs> Brady, quarterbacks for the most part are puppets on strings. And the coordinator and head coach pull those strings. And if you ask the puppet to do something he can't do, the puppet's going to fail. And Kirk Cousins is failing. And if that, and if the Vikings are like, well, you see what happened, that's their fault again. All of this comes back on them, and all of this largely comes back on the head coach of this team, who's got four games to get this right now. But I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear publicly, and I don't want to hear privately that he is down on how the offense is being called. Then turn over more of the defensive responsibility to your defensive coordinator and make sure that you're involved. And if that includes on game days, that's fine. Just do it. Just start doing it. Because to me, you know, 
We had old school Norv Turner, mm-hmm. who Zim got down on and either chased away, fired, and or stripped of power, and so he quit. Now we got the young kid, the young hotshot kid. And in both those cases, it's come back to the same thing, which is Mike is acting like he's given them the title of head coach offense. And the last time I checked, their title is coordinator. And the last time I checked, coordinators report to the head coach. I just, I, 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 I just cannot understand. And I, we talked about this last night. We've been talking about this today. How you can have, you can average as a team 7.3 yards per carry and only run the ball 13 times. In a game that you were in pretty much all the way until the end when they jumped up 24 yeah, to But 10. how, okay, okay, so you've got halftime. How often do we hear about halftime adjustments? They made adjustments at halftime. We hear about it a lot with Mike Zimmer. So Mike Zimmer, right, exactly. <laughs> on, on what? On defense. Yeah. So if you're Mike Zimmer, Manny, how do you not go in at halftime and say, John, come here, run the football? We're going to run the football. Okay, And then if you start the second half and he's still not running the football, how are you not in his ear in the third quarter saying, John, let's run the football. Run the ball more. And then he's just flat out insubordinate if that's the case, which means on Monday you're fired, which which is not happening. And this is not not to say run the football because this is the old school, you know, we just have to run the football because you just have to run the ball. Last night, the running game was working. It was working well, and against and and you and you didn't utilize it enough. Well, and where's the short passing game again, too? You know they're taking these shots and hoping to get PIs. Thielen gets grabbed; they don't get it. Robinson gets Robinson gets grabbed. No question. On the next play, they don't get it. Yeah, but he Kirk throws two picks because of of that because they're trying at that point down fourteen drive the ball down the field. But where's the short passing game? Where's Dalvin Cook? He's supposedly healthy. And to your point about his run. Average per carry, he was doing just fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm just nine point three yards tired, carry. I'm tired of hearing the guy who's in charge blame the subordinate. If it's one, you know what? If if we were within the first four games of the season, I would say blame the subordinate and get it fixed. But we're talking about fixes in December. Excuse me, you are a Super Bowl team. You or, or you are a you are an NFC title game team that had Super Bowl aspirations that signed a quarterback to a three-year $84 million contract. And now you're going to examine things or you're trying to examine things or you're trying to wonder what's going on or you're not happy? That's on you, Mike. Flip needs to get better, but it's your job to make sure that he does what you want right now. Your season is on the line. Right now, you're not a playoff team. TCL Broadcast Studios, Courtney Cronin, ESPN.com, uh, who was in Foxborough. She joins the fun next. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Please, continue. On 1500 ESPN. Possibly addressing doing a better job on game day, just kind of where your attention is. Uh, what do you think you need to start with in terms of doing that? Uh, maybe letting George do a little bit more of the adjustments on defense, maybe. But I don't know. I haven't decided that yet, so we'll just have to see. You know, when, when things are going smooth, it's no issue. Then I can go talk to the offense all I want. When things are, you know, helter-skelter on defense, then, you know, I'm spending a little bit more time with them or with the special team. So that's just part of it. 
Courtney Cronin covers the Vikings for ESPN.com. I was in Foxborough on Sunday. Joins us now. Courtney, I want to start with that. Mike Zimmer this afternoon talking about um, his unhappiness. Well, he actually talked about his unhappiness with run-pass ratio and DeFilippo on Sunday. And then today it sounds like he's talking about how he spends his time during the game since we all came back and said, well, Mike, if you're not pleased with something, you are the head coach of this team. How do we have um, four games left? We're in December of a season that was supposed to be all about a Super Bowl run. And the head coach isn't happy with something. And he's talking about that he's going to look at things. I mean, didn't Mike, didn't he learn enough in 2016 to know that often things are going to go wrong? And everything that goes wrong essentially lands back on one desk. And that's often his. I, I'm incredibly um, perplexed by that quote. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, he's still growing in this thing. I mean, I know that, yes, he's been there for five seasons now. Um, and, you know, he admits at least that, you know, this is something that he could get better at, that he could get better at delegating, that he could get better at, you know, trying to focus a little bit more in certain areas. But, you know, the thing that I, I agree with you, Judd, I mean, the ax has fallen today on John Filippo, and, and, you know, there are reasons to believe that a lot of that is just. I mean, taking a look at the, the drive that, you know, after the Patriots go down and score, and it's 17-10, I asked Mike Zimmer about that, about why the run was abandoned, and you know, he said, well, maybe we panicked a little bit, and he eventually doubled back on that and said it wasn't panic, but, I mean, when you say that, the words are out there. That's, that's You can't backtrack from that. So when when I look at the whole situation, I think that if Mike Zimmer wants to run the ball more, if there is a schism or if there is any sort of divide that's happening within the coaching staff right now, if you're the leader of this football team, then it falls within your realm and your responsibility to handle that um, and not just get up and talk about it. Because he was asked about, uh, a reporter brought up a point, you know, Mike Florio's spouting off this morning about how, oh, like there's, you know, a huge divide, bucking of heads, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Zimmer was asked about that this morning, and he asked about, you know, that notion that that's out there. And he said, you know, no, you know, I think Flip's doing a good job. Like, I talked to him, he talks to me, we sit down and talk about things, whatever things are, about the weather maybe, whether about, you know, <laughs> throwing yep. the ball and, and not throwing the ball to Laquan Treadwell on, on 4th and 11. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there, and I've said this all year long, that this very much feels like a read-between-the-lines type year. And for weeks, Mike Zimmer has been very critical of John Filippo, and then kind of backtracks on it. So I think that what he says the first time, what he says initially, like what he said yesterday about running the ball, that's his true sentiment. That's how he feels. Correct. But and if it's not happening, then you need to step in, and it really does fall on you as the head coach to, to take care of that and get what you want out of it. What do you know, Courtney, or what do, do we know at this point about when Flip was hired, how the vetting process took place? Because I, I know at the time they talked to uh, uh, Stefanski, who returned to the coaching staff, um, but was certainly in the running for the coordinator job. Because it does strike me as very odd. It almost seems like like Zim is surprised on a weekly basis by what he, Filippo is doing. In retrospect now, to me, that that's a, a shame on the Vikings because if you don't know if what he's doing surprised you and if you don't know what you were getting exactly, that's not John's fault. That's your fault. Well, I think it's twofold. I think that, you know, there's definitely 
is what you can see from what Zim said dating back to two weeks ago today in, in the comment about there's too much volume in the offense. And then a week later, it's, I think Flip's doing a great job. I know a lot of people are on him about it, as they are on me. I'm like, well, no, you're the one saying that. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, it's, we're not running the ball enough. And, uh, they, you know, he said that, you know, in some of the third and long situations and why Kirk kept going towards some of the underneath routes and looking for, like, quick dump-offs, he said, you know, I have some thoughts on that, but I'm not going to share it. So all of these are pretty subtle shots that are in, in favor of your offense or you know, directed at your offensive coordinator. So you hope that those conversations are being had behind closed doors as to how they can fix it because it just seems um, probably not the most constructive way to handle it through the media. I mean, you love the transparency. I think that's, you know, a really good asset for any coach that you cover, but I do think that that's probably damaging uh, internally to a degree. But, you know, the Vikings knew that they were getting somebody who had limited play calling experience. Like, let's, let's not forget, he called plays for one year in Cleveland. He's talked about it at length with me, with other reporters, uh, who have done stories on it about what he's learned from that time and, and how he had to handle, you know, a very crappy situation in Cleveland. I mean, he had a drug addict quarterback, he had a very old quarterback, and he, he made, they had to do the most with what he had. Um, even before he started coaching here, the Vikings screwed up by not getting him what he needed for with an offensive line. I mean, that's just a simple truth here that I think set them back to a degree where the play calling couldn't be what he wanted it to be, and he still tried um, and has tried to make it, you know, an explosive offense and play to Kirk's strengths. But there's been so many like times where they've had their hand tied behind their back because of their own doing that I think it becomes you know comes out in, in the form of um, you know play calling that doesn't go the way Mike Zimmer wants it. So now they're kind of stuck with it in, in this you know uh, purgatory state right now that they're trying a six five and one team, but they should be much better because every single piece is in place. You're supposed to have you know what you heralded as this bright offensive mind, which I certainly think he is. I just don't think the personalities are meshing. And, you know, with, a, with an old-school, defensive-minded, I'm the last guy in the NFL to call my own defensive plays type coach in Zimmer, and a young quarterback guru, a part of kind of the last wave for now of the Shanahan, McVay, Gase mix. Um, not, you know, I, think, I just don't know if those are the best personalities that are aligning right now. Courtney, I wondered yes, if yesterday, too, if they just – for whatever reason, felt like they couldn't run the football, which couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, they, as a team, they averaged, between Cook and Murray, they averaged 7.3 yards a carry yesterday on just 13 carries. So it's not like they couldn't run the football yesterday. So did they, is your sense that they felt like they just couldn't run the ball yesterday and that's why they didn't run it enough? Well, like I said on that drive, I asked Zimmer about, so game's tied 10-10 because two non-call pass interference calls that should have been called on Robinson are, uh, you know, in favor of Thielen and Robinson, uh, separated by one drive each, uh, led to a field goal. So it's 10-10. And then Brady says, hey, Marcus Sherrill is in this game. Let me have some fun. And goes and picks him apart and then goes down, scores four four plays, 75 yards. And so that's what – you know, at that moment, Dalvin Cook is not in the game on that next drive. We really didn't get too much of an explanation as to that, as to why he wasn't in the game there. But I think the big thing is that there that, you know, Mike Zimmer said and then doubled 
you know, kind of doubled down on the other way is that they panicked. They might have panicked in that moment where he didn't, you know, the, the offense did abandon the run because they probably felt that they had to, you know, hey, quick, we need to go down and score. We need to, you know, drop back and, and pass because this game's going to get out of hand if we, um, you know, if we if we turn the ball over or if we go three and out here and they're pinned back in their territory and we're, you know, all of that, that Brady could go and score again. So I think that that played a role in why they abandoned the run, at least from the explanation that we got today. Give me your sense uh, as we sit here, as you said, with the Vikings at 6-5-1 and one, of the state of mind of this team as they prepare for a very difficult conference game in Seattle next Monday night on ESPN. I mean, losing sucks. Like, losing for this team sucks. They've been through more of it this year, 12 games in, and they only have six wins. That's that's not a position that a team with Super Bowl aspirations from the outside and from within. I mean, they they know that – I mean, n- nobody's going to realistically say, oh, yeah, we want to be mediocre. Or, oh, yeah, we don't, we don't mind being where we were at last year, you know, going into this year. Everybody's going to say you want to shoot for the stars, you want to shoot for a championship. And they believe that. They believe that they had those expectations um, or they believe in the expectations that were laid forth for them by themselves and by outside people – that they could be this team, and now you're staring, you know, one three, one and three in the face coming out of this incredibly difficult four game stretch, and you're starting to think, okay, well, that puts a lot more pressure to, you know, to win the next three games, which are Miami at home, Detroit on the road, and then you know, not an easy game against the Bears at um, U.S. Bank Stadium. So, I think the way that Zimmer put it is that, yeah, they they can win and it'll cure everything from Seattle, but then they can go crap in their hands, which is a quote from him. <laughs> Um, the final three games, and then where are you at here? Are you at you know eight, seven, and one? Does that make you? Does that get you into the playoffs? If they miss the playoffs, no. I mean that's going to be a huge, huge shakeup. Yeah. I think for this entire staff and in, inside the building. Um, but you know the mood from talking to Dalvin Cook and Anthony Harris that we got today. Um, you know, I asked Dalvin yesterday. I was like, what about that frustration element? Like you guys haven't beaten a team with a winning record. Like. You've gotten, you've taken care of business and sometimes barely against teams that stink. But, you know, how does it work against teams that are actually good? And I think that that's the thing that's eluded them. It's kind of like the white tiger. Like, you know, it's it just, it, they, they have I got a hard that. time tracking, tracking white that. White tiger, down. I like it, Courtney. That very solid. Thank you. I, uh, Thank you, Kirk. Kirk, Kirk. Kirk taught me that one a few weeks ago. So mm-hmm. I tried to bring that back and good job. Uh, put it in part of the conversation. Very solid. I think that there's definitely that, you know, sense of urgency but not trying to be panicked because as we've seen you know from what Zimmer said and then backtracked on like panic doesn't do well with any team especially this one is there a scenario in your mind under which the head coach GM and or both uh, could be in trouble geez I mean if you go if you go 0-4 for sure uh this next four games then everybody is looking at potentially not being back you know I I do think that you know there is probably a chance. I mean, John Filippo is a hot name right now, regardless of what's happening here in Minnesota. And I think that there is a chance that he probably ends up somewhere else next year just because, you know, maybe it's different if he ends up getting a job like the Packers or the Bucks or, you know, even, you know, if the Jets don't decide they want to get rid of Todd Bowles, which seems like that's going to happen. Because uh, I've already written off in my mind, I believe that Mike McCarthy is going to Cleveland. That's just in my head. That's my opinion. I had it for write that down a couple of weeks ago, Courtney. I had it for write that down. Mike McCarthy's going to coach the Browns. Elliot Wolfstad, yeah, that's right. I mean, I mean that's. Um, but regardless, I think that you know there will be shakeup, you know, either way. But if this team ends up, 
you know, seven, eight, and one, or instead of you know, eight, seven, and one. I mean, yeah. they they need to be nine and seven to make the playoffs. That has to happen. But if it doesn't, I mean, there should be just as much finger pointing at the coaching staff uh, as there is at Rick Spielman. Because truth be told, I mean, yeah, the cornerback depth this year has been really, really tested uh, because of injuries. But they're not in the situation if they draft an offensive lineman or at least address it in free agency. And we know they're not going to be big players in free agency in 2019 because they have no cash. So I don't know what, what you expect them to do at that point because they're in the situation where they paid, you know, a ton of money for Kirk Cousins and they're stuck with him through, you know, for better or for worse. But you still have Dalvin Cook. You still need an offensive line. And, you know, that's got to be your priority for the draft in 2019. We'll just see, you know, who's going to be making that those calls if things go wrong right. the next four games. Why does Dave Filippo remain a hot name? I don't get that now at all. Well, I think that, you know, the, the, the candidates that are out there right now, I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm sure that this whole, the whole, you know, perception that they don't run the ball, that there's, you know, they – you know, what, what was out there this morning from one outlet, which I'm not really sure where that came from, uh, that, you know, trying to get too creative and he's trying to, you know, show off that he can be a, a head coach and a play caller at the same time, take that for what it's worth. Take it at face value and nothing more. Um, I think that he's been a, head, a hot name for several years now, and it just seems that, like, with, you know, Shanahan in his place and, and McVeigh in his place, Filippo is kind of one of the last names out there um, of guys who, you know, are, you know, that's just the trajectory that they seem to be the ones, okay, you know, if he's an offensive-minded guy and he's the quarterback guru that people have called him um, for years, with Derek, from Derek Carr to, you know, what he had to deal with in Cleveland and getting the most out of those two to what he did with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, what happens if you get a guy like that with Sam Darnold and he can use you know, your quarterback of the future with, you know, a new head coach. What happens if Aaron Rodgers, you know, past the prime of his career, needs to get the most out of his $90 million deal he just signed? Um, you know, getting him with a guy like John Filippo might not be the worst thing to do if the team's also looking for shakeup. The NFL is a circuitous league. People leave. I mean, look at look how long Hugh Jackson has been around. Dude keeps getting jobs. I prefer like, I mean, not to, He Courtney. hasn't done anything. John Filippo is a good play caller, I believe. And, you know, I think that we've seen it in certain circumstances this year. Last night was not a good game. I mean, there, there's no way around that. Last night was not a good game. I do think that, you know, what we saw getting creative in Philly in week five and, you know, what he did with Kirk Cousins in week four um, on the road against a very good Rams defense, in moments like that, that you know, for him, that's what's going to stand out on a resume more so than, you know, bucking of heads with, with a coach who maybe wants to run the ball more than he does. Thanks, Courtney. Talk to you next week. Take See care. Courtney. See you, guys. All right, bye. Courtney Cronin, ESPN.com, uh, talking about all things Vikings. By the way, our uh, 1500 ESPN Twitter poll, which is posted, which is just very simple. Who deserves to be fired? John Filippo, Mike Prefer, the special teams coordinator, both or neither. Right now, uh, 311 votes in. 31% of you are saying both. 24% are saying Prefer. 24% are saying neither. 21% are saying John D. Filippo. Let's take a break. Come back. Collar joins the conversation around four o'clock and uh, Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com to talk Vikings and National Football League at 430. We are in the TCL broadcast studios. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. Well, here we are again. Yes. 
1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, Highway 61, we got a crash uh, near South St. Paul uh, between County Road 43 and Lower Afton Road. And uh, that may be slowing things down by a little bit. That is uh, southbound. So uh, be on the lookout for that, Judd. Go, Pat, go! Very disappointing but fitting into this season. You know, the lack of talent that's on it and the lack of help from Rodgers, which I believe he's more, he's much to blame for this season as anybody as well. Fitting in, man, um, I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about a lot the next couple of months, man, but it's disgusting, man. The one thing I had told a friend of mine, and that was like last year, so I go, all it takes is for Rodgers just have that one bad year where everything gets exposed. And that's what's happening this year. And then you throw on top of the whole, I think Mike McCarthy, you know, he's being used as a scapegoat, really, because it's a whole lot of issues, and it ain't just him. So we're stuck with Aaron Rodgers. Those poor souls. They're stuck with Aaron Rodgers. You know who you're not stuck with, though? You're no longer stuck with the guy that I said should have been fired three weeks ago. And then I should said he definitely should have not gone home with the team from U.S. Bank Stadium a week ago Sunday night when the Vikings beat the Packers. Mike McCarthy fired uh, shortly after the Cardinals lost to the uh, – or the Packers lost to the Cardinals on Sunday at home in a defeat that came – in which they were – 14-point favorites, is that right? Packers were 14-point favorites? I was like 14 and a half. You lose to the Cardinals. You, Mike McCarthy is probably, if he remains in Wisconsin today, which is debatable, he is probably the happiest guy in the entire state because that thing has train wrecked. And I think it can be, I think it can be probably turned around fairly quickly. If I'm a Vikings fan, I'm enjoying this to no end. But... How much more did you need to see? I mean, the Packers did the right thing. They yeah. absolutely did. Yes, they How did. much, and I saw, you know, some stuff about, well, this is highly unusual. And, and, and first of all, coaches in this league are not fired during the season all the time, but it's becoming more commonplace now than it used to be. Mm-hmm. But there was nothing else. Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. And if I'm a Packer fan, I get the fact that he, he, he looks miserable and, and at times disinterested in the product. But I'm still thrilled, if I'm a Packer fan, that he's my quarterback. But you needed to create this divorce ASAP. And when you lose to the Cardinals, that gives you every right to do it. I'm still trying to figure out why the Packers were favored by that much. I mean, we know the Cardinals are rotten. Like Everybody knows they're rotten. But like, Didn't the Cardinals lose the week before by like 30 to the Chargers or some ridiculous spread? I, I think so. That must be it. And but, they had lost here as well pretty convincingly. But it's like the Packers going. The Packers were four six and one going in. Like a team that's four six and one under no circumstance should ever be favored by more than ten points. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean that was because I remember seeing that and thinking, huh, really? Packers are at home, should be favored. They're sure. on paper they're still better than the Cardinals. The Cardinals stink, but really fourteen and a half, really. Huh. But you know what, for Mike. 13-year run. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, got a Super Bowl. He was hired, I always go back to this, he was hired the same year that Brad Childress was hired here, and the Vikings Mm -hmm. have gone Childress, Leslie, and now Zimmer. The Packers had one guy, and and at the end of Rodgers' career, Manny, it's going to be a shame that he does not have more titles 
because there was a long period of time where they probably should have won two or three. Yeah. But that's still a very good run. And what Mike or, or what Mark Murphy, the president, said today is absolutely correct. All of these things now in sports come to an end. And it really, the downfall of this run kind of started after they lost that NFC title game to Seattle. Yep. Because they had that game. Who was the guy that signed signed here? Who uh, Brandon Bostic, the oh tight end, who, who had a sieve on the uh, on the onside onside kick. kick. Yeah, absolutely brutal. <laughs> uh, TCL broadcast studios, take a break. Come back. Matthew Collar, uh, fresh from TCL Performance Center, joins us next as we continue the Vikings conversation. Seaford and your phone calls incorporated before six o'clock. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley, Oakley on fifteen hundred ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.